Are you finding it hard physically to get to the gym these days? That was me. Hi, I'm Allie Hybers. I grew up playing sports and going to the gym regularly, but after my second baby, Leo, was born, I just couldn't find the time anymore. So I started working out from home, which I never really considered before that because honestly, I thought I would get bored. I didn't think I'd get great results from home. Well, I was humbled. I ended up getting in better shape than I ever was before in less time. I fell in love with the different workout programs. There was HIT, sports training, yoga, dance, weightlifting. I was never getting bored. And I totally fell in love with the online bootcamp I was a part of. It was a group I could check into every day for accountability, support, motivation, and nutrition support too. Being able to focus that time each day on me while the kids napped or watched cartoons was a game changer. So now I run my own online boot camps. If you're looking for some guidance to up your fitness level at home, or you're just not sure where to get started, you can find me on Instagram. It's Allie underscore Hybers underscore fitness, or you can send me an email too. It's AllieHybers at gmail.com. Hey everyone, happy Monday once again. Hope everyone is having a fabulous long weekend and welcome to episode 7 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. As usual, with every Monday, it's time to announce our OTC Player of the Week. This week, we're heading down to Florence, Kentucky, as utility player Emily Schmelz gets the nod after having a terrific weekend of ball. Emily hit 333, had a slugging percentage of 933, OPS of 1.267, along with three home runs, six RBIs and a 1,000 fielding percentage while playing with the Cincy Doom 05 Shepherd team. Fantastic job, Emily. Today's guest is a member of Team Canada's Olympic team, former Kent State University star and Surrey, BC native, Holly Spears. We're going to talk to Holly about growing up in the Delta Heat program, being the youngest member on the Canadian junior national team, starting with Kent State University where she once hit five home runs and five consecutive at-bats, but not the way you would think, as well as moving on to the Canadian national team and that feeling of qualifying for the Olympic Games in Tokyo. Holly was a treat to talk to, so everybody, grab a drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. Don't act surprised, I got soul like Jackson 5 Class get it in with the classic vibe I'm a full course meal, ain't no appetizer Word, everybody gotta Forget the everyday stress for a minute We about to celebrate like we in the ninth inning Two outs about to win the pennant I'm waiting on my payday Like I'm living in my heyday 19 at the club like JJ And we're live Ollie, thanks for coming on Thank you so much for having me How's things out in uh, beautiful British Columbia? You know what? It is exactly that. It is beautiful out right now. It's sunny. It's not too warm. Can't complain. Oh, that's that's perfect weather. It's hot as I don't know. I can't even say it on here, but <laughs> here in Nova Scotia today, it's like a humidex of like thirty three or something like that. It's a uh, it's a uh, pretty hot out there. Yeah, that's a, that does not sound nice. Uh, yeah, it's sticky, but we're used to it. Um, no. So what have you what have you been doing since the since the whole pandemic hit? You know what? I actually am doing landscaping right now. Oh, really? That's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's what I'm doing to keep busy here. Okay. What 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 exactly are you doing? Um, mowing lawns, um, you know, pruning, gardening, things like that. Okay. No, it's, it's keeping me busy, keeping me in shape, right enjoying on. the outside. Right oh. 
I actually, I have a, I have a cousin that lives out in Vancouver and that's what he does. He's a landscaper. So. No kidding. Yeah. Small world. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so anyway, with, uh, with all my guests, I, I always start off with, uh, when and where did you start uh, playing the game? I actually started right here in Surrey, British Columbia. Um, I live about a block away from Cloverdale Athletic Park. People in BC know that's where Canada Cup partially plays, much like Buffalo City. So I grew up walking down there with mom and dad, with our dog. We would go watch games, and that's right where I started. And started when I was five years old. It was amazing. And, yeah, loved it. Loved it right from the start. Right on. So so growing up, did you play, like, mainly on – like, was it always girls' team – growing up or did you play with like boys early on i played with boys in t-ball so i think we had two years of co-ed mm-hmm. and then after that it was all girls okay right on so doing my research here i, I come across the, oh, no. the, the delta heat what yes. uh, is that that's the program out there is it yeah that's one of the programs we have so i when i started playing rep i played for the surrey storm for three years and unfortunately that team folded and the Delta Heat were awesome enough to pick me up, and I played my last five years with them, okay. and it was awesome. It, they were we had a really good team. We won nationals, won provincials. We we did a lot. We did a lot together. Right on. So, 2012, that you guys you guys won nationals that year. Uh, yeah. Where where was that at? You're asking me a question. That's a, that's that a I, long that time ago. Eight, eight years ago. <laughs> eight years ago, maybe Ontario. Okay. All right. It, maybe Brampton. Okay. Brantford. One of the B ones one in Ontario. Of, one of the ones in Ontario. Now, yeah, one of those places. So <laughs> the following year, in 2013, I saw you guys, uh, you went to the ASAs, the 16 U's. Yes. And you placed 17th there. What uh, What was that like? It was just a whole different competition. Mm. So it, there, you have the, the PGF in the U.S. and then you have, I think there's one other one, and then you have ASA. And we we played some teams like they were all of Georgia. And it was a state team, and it was really good. It was really good competition, but we had never faced anything like that. So it was really cool how we came 17th because we weren't expecting to do nearly that well. Mm-hmm. But it was such a cool experience getting to play at that higher level and getting pushed to see how we responded in those, in those moments. Right on. So that Canadian nationals that year, you went, you went there with the white, white rock renegades, was it? I did. So I did. are they like a competition for you guys out there or? They are. So the, the big names here when I was playing was the white rock renegades, the Delta heat, the Surrey storm, Langley fusion and the Richmond Islanders. Sorry if I forgot anybody that's listening. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Those were the those were the teams that I was playing way right. back when. Right. Um, but yeah, they were they were definitely our competition. Small world, Sarah Grongwagen played on that team, who now I'm a teammate with as well. And it was really awesome. They were a year older and they picked me up. It was so cool to get to go to uh, PEI. It was the first time I've ever gone in the Maritimes. Oh, beautiful place in PEI. Absolutely. It was amazing. We actually flew into Nova Scotia. Um, saw a little bit of Halifax and then took the, took the bridge. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's the bridge. Yep. Yep. We took that big, that big scary bridge over to PDI. <laughs> yeah. My wife's got uh, her father's side of the family's from over there. So we go, we go over every summer for, for a week and I, I love it over in PEI. It's beautiful over there. It is. And it's, 
it was the first time that I had gone there ever in my life. So it was really cool to see the different culture and atmosphere and just the way of living. Yeah. A lot slower, a lot slower over the maritime. Yeah. Um, that same year, that uh, same 2013 there, you got to join the Canadian junior national team. Uh, maybe uh, talk about that experience and how that helped you along the way. Well, it was really, it was actually a pretty, I don't know what the word I want to use, radical, eye-opening, crazy, surreal event because I was two years younger. So like I wasn't technically supposed to be in the age group, but so, cause you have the two, it was 94, 95. And then I was 96. Right. You were the youngest and member on that team. That's right too. Yeah. I was, the, I was, and my mom and dad were just like, Holly, just go try out. Just go get the experience. And I was so scared of failing. Mm. And then I just go and And my head coach at the time was like, don't like, you're not going to make it. You're not good enough. It's a cash. It's a money grab. Right. Uh, don't bother going. And, I was like, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to make it. And so I went there and got really some really good experience. And I ended up making it past the, to the final camp out in Ontario. And once again, my head coach said, no, why, why are you going to waste all the money to fly there? And mom, dad's like, just go try, go try, believe in yourself. You're going to do great. Right. What's the worst that can happen? Exactly. You're not supposed to make the team anyways. So I went out to Ontario and I was fortunate enough to make the team and make the roster. And I can't describe the feeling having the opportunity to wear the maple leaf for the first time because it had been a dream since I was a child. But then also to get the opportunity at the first time wearing the maple leaf to compete in the world on home soil in front of in front of all the Canadians. Right. I'll never forget like people cheering Oh Canada and it was just packed all the way around in in Brantford or Brampton one of the bees that I could never remember. I could never remember the difference to. And that was, it was just such a cool experience and the teammates and the bonds you make when you're on the junior team, they're irreplaceable. Oh yeah, for sure. Now that was going into, was that your year going into recruitment for university? It actually, I was already recruited prior to that. I was re recruited the year before the summer before. Oh, okay. So you already released your YouTube recruitment video. Uh, I had already released that, <laughs> that lovely video. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know, Holly has a recruitment video on YouTube and it is actually very well done. Uh, a lot of work must've went into that. You know what? It was Dave, Dave Pectow out in BC. who used to be the national team coach who did it for me. And okay. he put together a great, that's a lie. I just lied. I lied on a podcast. Oh, oh no. Oh, come on. Oh, no. Come it on. wasn't. It was Shannon Mann. I know. <laughs> oh. Do you want me to edit that or what? <laughs> Can you edit that out? Is that possible? Well, it is, but I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> to hear the total Holly freak out. <laughs> Sorry, all the listeners. It, it was Shannon Mayon at the time. Okay. I had not been introduced to Dave Tetcon yet. Mm -hmm. um, she did a wonderful job, put a lot of time and effort into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all. Now, moving forward. The, the thing is, I'm <laughs> like, if I go on Twitter now, like that's all I'm seeing is like recruitment videos for like that that girls are putting out. Is that the is that the way schools are seeing players now, or like is that how <laughs> that just seems baffling to me that, that that's how they recruit players? 
Well, as an athlete, especially in Canada, trying to get to the U.S., it's so difficult because our exposure is so much less than in, in America where teams travel so much. We don't have as many opportunities. So what, what I was told for recruiting was starting to become more normal and expected if you want to get recruited as you. Like I was sending out 60 emails a week to coaches. Wow. Just trying to get seen. And if you have a recruiting video attached, then they either more prone to open it because there's an attachment. Right. And they're not just reading about somebody because you can write whatever you want to write about yourself. Yeah, exactly. But B, then they can see if you have potential and if they want to um, see you further. So was it uh, how many how many schools did you send video out to? A lot. Did you? So I had like, I had my 20 dream schools. Mm-hmm. I had my 20, like these, these are the ones I might be able to get into, but it's going to be a stretch. And then I had my 20 that I know I can get into these schools right. that I would send out weekly. And then when we went down to recruiting tournaments, I would look on the website, find out which coaches were going to be at those tournaments and send it out to them, send out a letter saying, here's what time I'm playing at, and just getting your name out there. Because even if one of those 60 schools that I sent it out to are the ones that coaches were attending at tournaments, even if maybe they might not have had a spot for me on their team, mm-hmm. coaches send it out to other coaches that, hey, that may, that aren't in their conference, but will say, hey, like if they're in the region, this person might be a good fit for you, or hey, I don't have room on my roster, but hey, look at this girl. Oh, that's not a bad. No, that's pretty good for for anybody that gets passed over, I guess. Then, uh, absolutely. So you committed it's to all Kent- about exposure. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. So you committed to Kent State. Uh, how did that come about, and why was that your selection? Well, originally, I was actually recruited at Canada Cup, which um, the Storm, sorry, Storm ninety five coach actually reached out to the coach and said, "You have to see this girl." And, it was for Indiana Purdue Fort Wayne. Okay. And the coach came out and saw me and we had communicated via email. And then all of a sudden she had dropped off and I was like, Oh, I guess she lost interest or whatnot. And a few months later I get an email from coach Mandy Lurs and from Kent state. And she'd ended up getting an assistant coaching job there and wanted to take me there with her. And so I had a recruitment tournament down in California and her and the head coach came out and they said, yeah, they brought me out on a visit to Ohio. Uh, Dad and I went out there and visited the campus and I loved how much uh, the head coach, Coach Linder, put academics first. They were such a high priority because once, once you finish softball in college, there's not a whole lot left. Like you can't go and become a professional athlete and make millions and millions of dollars. Right. Your education is so important. And the softball was a family, like the team was a family and they made you feel included as soon as I walked on campus. So between those two things, and I wanted to see what a winter was like, because as, as you may know, it doesn't, it doesn't snow out in Vancouver. Right. Yeah. So I, I wanted to experience that. Well, Ohio so, definitely and, gets, gets the snow in the winter. Oh, there was a lot of snow. All the snow. I don't want the snow anymore. <laughs> no, I, no doubt. <laughs> where, no. Where does, where does the name the Golden Flash come from? That's a pretty dope name, actually, because I, I saw that and I was like, Golden Flash? That's different. Fun fact, 
way back when, like in the seventies, it was a golden retriever was the mascot before it became this eagle thing. Oh wow! So it was a golden retriever. <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. Oh wow, that's that's a good fun fact to know. Yeah, there you go. Fun fact about Kent State for all those listeners out there. That's right. Now that uh, your freshman season, what would the going? In, what was your thoughts like going into that? first season like did you was there a big learning curve going in yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of new when I because I almost quit uh after my first semester I didn't want to go back for for even for season and I I can't thank my head coach and my teammates enough and mom and dad for forcing me to a get on the plane back to Ohio but b because my teammates and my coach kept me there and inspired me to at least make it through that first year because it's tough. It was, I was so homesick and I, I was struggling making new relationships and new friendships and school was difficult. And I was so sheltered as a kid. Right. And all I wanted to do was quit. And these people in my corner and in my life pushed me not to and said, stick it out, stick it out the year. You've made a commitment and the season's the best part. And I, they were they were so right because the season out was tough. Mm. It was tough and it's a grind, but it's so much fun. Bus trips and seeing new pitchers you've never pitched against or seen and playing power five schools. It was difficult and not saying it's a cakewalk. And it took there was definitely the learning curve of holy crap, they're throwing hard. Yeah. Like this is good competition. Mm-hmm. In that but I think the preparation that we had going into season at that level allowed me to be more prepared maybe after the first tournament. I think that really settled down and settled into my position. Yeah, I know. I noticed I was looking at your, your freshman stats there and I noticed like the, like the first half of the season, you kind of like were struggling a little bit, but then by the time that, I don't know if it was like the halfway mark, but you like turned it on. You finished, you finished the season hitting 328. So, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty impressive for a freshman. Yeah, I think because we started at non-conference tournaments because obviously it's snowing in Ohio at that time when you start in February. Yeah. So we were playing non-conference teams and traveling around. And I think once we we hit some norm, normality and play, started playing in conferences, that, that's when I really settled in and started hitting hitting the ground running and I think that's when our team as a whole even hmm. just settle settle down. Right. Uh, I saw you hit you hit your first home run on March seventeenth. That was against is it is it Quinnipiac? Is that how you pronounce it? Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. Yeah. Sure. I was trying to you know what? I Googled it and I even looked it up and I was like, how do you pronounce this school? (laughs) But anyway, so do you remember that that home run, your first one? I can't say I do. Oh wow. Okay. I I should. I'm bad I'm obviously obviously as we've already found out, I have a terrible memory. Uh, Hey, you went three for three in that game. So you had a good game anyway. (laughs) I had a good game. That's good. Hey, they plus Yeah. Now your uh, your sophomore season, that uh, there was a pretty big uh, stat that came up in that sophomore season where you hit five home runs and five consecutive at bats. But the thing is, it was over a four game period. <laughs> yes, it was. That is crazy. I saw that and I was like, "Is this right?" So I I went back and I was like, "Holy crap! It actually happened." You had six walks in between, like at bats. So 
don't know, maybe, maybe take us through that. I can. I honestly, I didn't, because there were so many walks in between, I didn't know that this was actually happening at the time. Oh, I didn't know until after the fifth home run that I broke some sort of record. Wow. I had no idea. I was just, when you, when you're in the zone, it's, it's this weird flow where right. you're, you, you're, it's almost like an out of body where you're just, everything is hit. Everything's just going in the right direction. Yeah. And you're making good contact and you're just seeing the ball like it's a watermelon and, and it's such a cool feeling that you don't recognize what's really going on. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say to you. I was going to say, you must, you must've been seeing the ball really well to, cause I mean, for somebody, if like when you were at the three home run in a row and you're still taking walks, I know a lot of people that would be up there like trying to swing for the fence all the time. So, I mean, <laughs> you definitely must've been in the zone. I definitely was. And one thing I can say for people is, and for myself, if you start swinging for the fences, that's when things don't go well. Yeah. You just need to swing for line drives and good contact and for contact period. If, if you're trying to hit a home run every time, you're, you're not going to be a successful hitter. Right. So the, uh, your senior season, you had a pretty, pretty good season that <laughs> your last year there, you, uh, I did led the NCAA in batting average. Uh, slugging percentage, on-base percentage, and RBIs per at-bat. That's pretty impressive to lead the, the whole NCAA in that. Uh, I don't know, maybe talk about that season. I mean, it's probably in your memory pretty good. It, it is. It's definitely a really positive memory, and I think that a lot has to do with that summer prior to that was my first year with the national team, and the the coaching I got from from those coaches really propelled me into that senior season. And it, it was just the attitude of, I'm going to go out and have fun. I'm going to go out and I'm just going to enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think I was trying too hard at sometimes in previous seasons where I wasn't, I was trying to be perfect or trying to make other people happy. When I found that whenever Holly is happy, Holly plays the best for the team. Right. And so I think that was a big part of why I was so successful. And don't get me wrong. Sorry to my head coach, Coach Oakley at the time. I uh, enjoyed kind of, you know, pissing him off a little bit. And I'd watch the first two strikes go by just because it was fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And yeah, so it was a good season and it was a good way to, it was a good way to leave it. It was a good way to end Right. And my time with Kent State. Yeah. So I noticed the two players that you played with quite a bit when you were there. Uh, first was, uh, is it Ronnie Ladinas? Is that the, yep. yeah. What she seemed like she was a pretty solid thrower. She was so good. Yeah. She, I put, I, cause she was a year older than me and I'm pretty sure I played her down in Washington state. I'm sure at least once or twice before, but had never known because she played, she played down there and she was such a good thrower. She carried our team a lot. She gave us a lot of opportunities and she also came in clutch and hitting as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was awesome. She was yeah. fun to play with. Now the other one is, uh, Maddie Grimm. I'm sure you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you go through the Kent state record books, it's, it's you and Maddie on there. So, uh, I'm sure you have <laughs> some pretty fond memories with her. She was so much fun to play because she played third place and I played shortstop. We were left side, strong side. 
okay. and and we always hit back to back with each other um, in the hitting order because you can't walk both of us back to back. And so sometimes they'd walk her, sometimes they'd walk me. But you, you know, you'd always have the other one coming down to just score you if you're on base. And I always knew if I got walked, Maddie Grimm was going to go and hit a home run just to say screw you guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also she she was really good. She'd keep it real with me when maybe I got frustrated or I hit hit a weak ground ball and people would be like, Oh, good job, good job. And Maddie's like, Yeah, that was pretty shitty. I'm like, Yeah, you're right, it was. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. Oh, you could totally swear. No, you could totally swear. Amazing. Yeah. But yeah, she like that's one of the things we just kept it real with each other and if if we hit a bad pop up and we we just say like, Yeah, we would keep it it is how it is and she was a really awesome teammate to play against, and I loved watching her hit balls 300 feet. Yeah, it's always good you can have those teammates that, that you know, keep it real with you and, and tell you exactly what, how they feel, and, you know, you, you, you appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. So after you were done with the Kent State, you moved on to the national team from there. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So you, you guys play in the National Pro Fast Pitch League? Yeah, we... uh Last year was our first year playing there, and wow, that it was always a dream for me to get to play in that that league. And it was unfortunate not getting drafted, um, tough but unfortunate, mm-hmm. uh, not getting drafted out of college. But then Softball Canada, we ended up making a team of our own, and it was just such an experience to play in that pro that pro league, right? And a dream. So you guys are known as the Canadian Wild in that in the league yes we are yeah what's what's the atmosphere like for the games there uh so we play on a minor league independent team baseball field oh, okay um, but it's an altar field it's a huge it's a pretty big stadium mm-hmm. and we actually the fans there are awesome we're we're based on the southern illinois down in marion and we would have a lineup of kids after every game wanting autographs from the whole team Oh, and awesome. it it was so inspiring because I remember being one of those kids and I, I loved how parents would bring their kids out to the game and we, then we would never have a full stadium, but we would never have an empty stadium either. The fans, the fans were great. The, the field crew was great there and it was just, it was fun. It was fun to go and play these games and there's so much experience and so many memories and even having a locker room, which is something that, since we travel around a lot, we don't really get that. We right. don't get that. So it was, that was just another cool and mem- memorable thing. Yeah. That's a, that's actually, a, that was another thing I was going to ask about uh, Kent state. And cause you brought up locker room, like, you know, having, when you got to Kent state, having your own locker room with your own stall and stuff, that must've been like pretty cool. Cause you know, it's the same thing for like, like hockey players. Like I, I played junior hockey and whatnot. So, you know, that feeling of walking in the dressing room and, and seeing your name on the stall is just, you're like, Oh wow, I'm here. So, I mean, that's what I was going to ask you. Like how, how, what was your feeling when you, you know, you saw your stall with your, with your name on it? It was unbelievable because you, you see your name and you see all, all the clothes and all the, all the, it, it was like Christmas in, in August at that yeah. point. And you look around and, you see all, all your teammates' names and your your fellow freshmen, and you're like, wow, I'm part of this team. I'm part of this culture, and it's it's a feeling of pride getting to represent them, mm-hmm. and it's a feeling of pride of like, wow, I've 
I've achieved this. This is so cool. Yeah. And like you sit in your locker and you're like, wow, okay. This is awesome. Yeah. So you, do you guys show up? Like, I know with us as hockey players, we'd always show up like, you know, two hours before a game and just hang out in the, in the room. You know what I mean? Did you guys do that? Um, there's actually like a very wide variety. There's some people that would show up two hours before. There's some people that show up like an hour. And then there's people like me who'd show up maybe, I don't know, 15 minutes before we were supposed to be ready, um, <laughs> out on the field warming up. Right. Because I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I'd rather go, you know, get my coffee, take a nap. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever I was going to do. Right. So the, uh, I, was, I saw a highlight there. I come across the, it was last, was it last year? You guys were playing the USSA Pride and you hit a three run shot in the ninth to win the game. How do you, oh, do you remember that? I do. I do. I do remember that, that piece of information. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a shot. Uh, she left to change up a little bit high. Well, she hung it up there and I, you took it. We had two, we had two runners on base and that was definitely, that's a highlight. That's a big memory from that, yeah. from that pro league. And now, it's just that feeling of walking it off. Oh, nothing like it. <laughs> no, no. I, I've, I've seen it happen and it's usually been off me cause I'm a pitcher. So <laughs> <laughs> I've, had, I've had it happen to me many times. <laughs> well, so that's not a good feeling for you. No, yeah, well, I'm used to it by now. Um, so th- you guys, there was a team from Beijing in the league? There was, there was. How did that work? There, I mean, it's pretty much the same as a, a Canadian team going down there. Oh, okay. So uh, they had their own, they own all, like home base, right? Yeah, their home base was down in Florida. Yeah, there was a team from Beijing, there was us Canadians, there was a team from Mexico, who were the Cleveland Comets, and then there was the Australian team, who was the Aussie Peppers. Okay. Oh, yeah, wow. so four of the six teams were actually international teams. Oh, well that, well that geez, that makes, that make competition, you know, pretty fun though. And I mean, you get to see a lot of the top players in the world. Oh yeah, like... I mean, the Aussie Peppers, that, that's pretty much the team that we're going to be competing against next Olympics. Right on. Okay. Now, take me through when you guys uh, beat Brazil to advance to the Olympics. I think it was Kaylee Rafter hit the walk-off home run, I believe. Yes, she did. How was, uh, how was the feeling knowing that you guys qualified? Oh, it was surreal. It was, it, I think, losing to, the, to Team Mexico the night before hurt us and we took it we took it to heart and going up against Brazil I don't think there was a doubt in anybody's mind that we were going to win and we were going to come out blazing right and we knew it was going to be a fight and you can't take anything for granted but we we knew in our hearts that we were going to win that game and you could feel you could feel the vibe in the warm-up you could feel that in our circle before the game you could feel it when you're taking like as soon as we stepped on the field, we knew that we were going to win that game, and it 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 was a fight. But when Kaylee walked it off, that that's one of the most memorable things I had from last season because holy crap! Well, like just that feeling of knowing, and just like it was almost like an exhale. Yeah, and it was a, a feeling of relief at first because like holy crap, we did it. Yeah, we've made it. Yep. For sure. And then all the celebrations and yeah, it was amazing. It, I, I, I'm still speechless. I still think about that game and I, 
I don't even remember it because I was just so excited after it. And I was like, holy crap, we did it. I wouldn't be able to tell you what I did in the game. But I can tell you that Kaylee Rocker hit a bomb to right center field. Yeah. And it was a no-doubter. Yeah. I I watched the highlight of it actually today. I've seen it before, but I watched it again today. And I I had goosebumps just because just the the sheer fact that you guys – you knew you were going to the Olympics and everybody was just so excited and it, it was just an awesome moment. Well, as a team, we had been, we, it, it's been so long since like since 08 and the girls that played on that 08 team who have been waiting for this opportunity and for them to have made it to that point. But then for as well, the other group of us who had never, who had always dreamed of going to the Olympics, mm. it was just a feeling of sheer excitement of holy fuck i swore but ah like wow i know but i try not to swear that's all right if i was got to go to the olympics i'd be saying it too (laughs) (laughs) it was it was just and to do it on home soil like i can't right exactly how much like just hearing the fans and like looking out and seeing everyone in red and white and like I grew up watching Team Canada play on that field, mm. so it's it's so it was so cool to qualify at Softball City in my own backyard and on on Canadian soil. It's surreal. So actually, I'm interviewing Kaylee in a couple of days. So I uh, getting getting good stories on her. <laughs> <laughs> she is the smartest human I know. That's that's all I'm going to say. Oh, okay. She is very very smart. You should ask her about that one time that she no look picked someone off at first stage. Oh wow! I was involved in that. Definitely, yeah. definitely ask her that. Bring uh, her, bring that up because yep. wow, that was cool for sure. So you're coached by Mark Smith. Correct. Uh, I actually grew up watching Mark play, and I no got, way. I got to play against him in '97. Uh, my that was my Canada Games year, and. Mm-hmm. He was he was playing with Halifax here, and we that's that was the only year I actually got to play against him. But I, I got to watch him growing up, and he is an absolute legend here. He's just <laughs> just to watch him pitch is he was effortless pitching, and then he gets up to bat and he can <laughs> hit a home run at ease. What's it like? Uh, what's it like playing under Mark? It's amazing. He is such a knowledgeable coach. And just he it's he's always thinking five steps ahead of what's going on. Mm. Like he knows what what like five moves. He knows exactly this, what he's going to do, what substitute he's going to make, what what advice he's going to say to you. And he knows how. Like for me, who struggles with swinging at first pitches, he can like he knows when to tell me like, hey, Holly, swing at this pitch. Okay, go and swing at it, and I get every set. He just knows and. It's amazing the knowledge that he brings, the brings to the team, and I'm I'm so grateful that I'm being coached by him. And it was really funny to see see him up in the uh, Hall of Fame down in uh, out in Nova Scotia. Oh, oh he, he's a big deal. Yeah, that's right. So actually, bringing that up, I, that was my next thing. Was you guys uh, you guys trained in Halifax over the winter? How did how did you like the East Coast? It's cold. Yeah, it was definitely it's, cold. It's really cold. <laughs> um, yeah, I had to I had to buy a parka 
just for that trip. Yeah, you guys picked the worst time to be here, actually. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, we had amazing facilities, and it was so cool because normally we don't get to be together for six weeks at a time unless we're in the summer. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to have all the girls, like all of my teammates living under the same roof. We were stationed somewhere in a Navy base. Oh, were you in Shearwater? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And it was really awesome having the um, CSCA um, Canada Game Center was allowing us to train in there. And then the the BMO soccer field, which is right next door, yeah. allowed us to train there the whole time. And just the setup that we had was really great. And Nova Scotia did grow on me through time. <laughs> yeah. Except for the weather. <laughs> Except for the weather. Did it you, snowed way too much. Yeah. You guys, did you get to go out anywhere? Did you go like go anywhere to like on team trips or anywhere? Um, we did we didn't really do big team trips, but there is like we went to a lot of Halifax Thunderbirds games. We went to the the junior hockey team Mooseheads. games out there. Mooseheads, yeah. Yeah, the Mooseheads. Yeah, we did a lot, like just getting out and trying to see parts of Halifax. And we didn't do a ton of outdoorsy things because it was so cold. Mm. But we definitely got to experience a lot of Halifax, which was awesome. So what what did you think of the Mooseheads and Thunderbirds games? Actually, I've never been to a Thunderbirds oh. game yet, which I I definitely want to. Because I heard the atmosphere is amazing. Well, no, they, this was their first year. This is their first year in the league. So they've actually only had like maybe seven home games before they got shut down. Okay. So okay. How, how, was, how was that? Um, the Thunderbirds are so much fun to watch. Like they're playing music the whole time. And it's just such a cool atmosphere. Everyone's into the game. Like they scored, you wonder a lot though. Like, what was that penalty for? Like, that was yeah. probably the main question at those games. Um, I, I mean, I grew up watching the. We have the WHL out here, so I grew up watching the Vancouver Giants. So it was cool to watch, uh, watch the Mooseheads and see the different. Like, just get to watch hockey. Mm. I'm a big fan of hockey, so yeah, I grew which up. Is cool. I grew up watching the Mooseheads, like since they first came in the league. So, I mean, I'm more used to the Moosehead atmosphere over the Thunderbirds, but, you know, the Mooseheads this year had a rebuilding year. So, I mean, the atmosphere in the building probably wasn't what it's used to be over, over years. Cause there's years where it's just crazy in there for Moosehead games. So really? unfortunately you guys probably didn't get to see that when you were there. But you know what? That's okay. Yeah. It, a hockey game is a hockey game. True but- enough. Yeah. There's definitely a big difference in the atmosphere between the two, but yeah. it was good stuff. Yeah. Now back uh, from a st- plane standpoint, uh, back to the Olympics, like we know U.S. and Japan are favorites, like, you know, going in. What, uh, what, do, you, what do you think you guys need to do, like, to overtake them? I think we just need to stay the course that we're on. When, like, last year and going into this, our, the centralization camp that we had in Halifax, it's the best I've ever seen our team. Mm. We have grown so much, like, and we have put so much time and effort and energy into investing in our play, in our culture, in the non-negotiables, and just being so committed that, you know what, they might be the favorites on paper, but we're we are confident that we will beat them and we'll come home with the gold medal. Just 
just because of how committed our team is and the positive movements forward that we've made. No, it's, it's even go ahead. It's uh, I've said this like for many years that team chemistry can is better than talent. Like Mm -hmm. if you have team chemistry, that can take you a long way. You know what? I totally agree with that. And coach Smith has been so good at facilitating speakers to come in and bringing in mental performance trainers for our team, just to find like those little, those little wins, those little things that are going to put us a a step above Mm. and all those steps are going to just, I think they're going to add up and we're really seeing how, how positive that team culture and having a positive culture really impacts our team and brings us together and moves us forward. Right. So the Olympics, the opening ceremonies would have been last night. You got, would you guys, were you guys starting today? We actually were set to start two days prior to the opening ceremonies. We were going to start playing down in, I believe it's Yakushima, Yokohama. Right. It's about, it's away. It's not in Tokyo. So it's down in the South part of Japan. Right. And we were set to play two games down there and then travel up to Japan. And we would have started playing, I believe, Either I think yesterday would have been our first game in the Tokyo Dome. Right. Now that must be pretty emotional. Emotional for like all you women on the team. I mean, you guys got to take another year. Like, how will you take the emotion and you know turn it into a positive? I mean, I know everyone took it differently, and but it, but each person took it to heart. And it, I know for me, it was it was hard to hear because I was looking forward to. I was, I, it, it's that dream that I had since I was a child. And now to know that that dream's that one step further, but with one year, think about like, I think about how much we accomplished in a year last year and the year before that. And it makes me excited to see how much better as a team that we're going to get. I mean, for me, I had a, a, a knee injury this, this off season. So I know for me that having another year of practice is going to be awesome. And I, I can't imagine how much that's going to help me. And then I'm sure that everybody on the team has something that they're like, yay, I get to work on this. I get to get better in this aspect. Right. So it's just more time to improve. All right. Now I saw uh, Japan put out a, 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 a video for you guys today. Did you guys, did you see they that? Did. <laughs> that was awesome. I have to say <laughs> they, uh, so, so if anybody didn't see this, or I'm sure you will by the time this is released. They, what they did, they introduced all the girls on the on the women's Olympic team, and you got to see them. And there was Power Rangers involved, and all this other stuff. So as I was watching, I was watching the names come through, and they got to the end, and I was like, "Well, where was Holly at?" And then next thing I know, there's a yellow Power Ranger coming in. <laughs> And there's there's your name and face. I was like, oh, Holly's a yellow Power Ranger. What what did you think of that? I loved that I got to be a Power Ranger. My teammate, my teammate Jenny Gilbert, messaged me and she's like, I thought you were forgotten. And then we were introduced by Power Rangers, yeah. and I got so excited because I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like, I I love what Anjo City and what what they did for us and. It, like just warms your heart and makes you feel that love and that support. And like, it was a tough day for any Olympic athlete, no matter what country you're part of or what sport you play. Mm-hmm. 
like it was an emotionally tough day. And for them to release that, I think that brought a lot of comfort and a lot of smiles to our team. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, another thing I want to touch on, I saw you're a Mizuno ambassador. I am. So uh, how involved are Mizuno in the game? Mizuno has supported me and all of our ambassadors so much. Um, pretty much whatever we need, they, they're on it. And like for all of, all of the ambassadors, there's four, four of us in Canada. And then Daniel Laurie is a Mizuno ambassador in the States. And they made us custom gloves with the Mizuno Olympic logo on it. And just to make us feel like excited for it and, like they were supporting us and they made us shirts and everything. And Mizuno has allowed us to grow the game for younger athletes as well with giving us opportunities to do demos at our local, um, our local softball shops and whatnot. And I, I could not be more thankful for what Mizuno has done for me. That's awesome. Like, especially getting new swag is, is fantastic. <laughs> New swag is awesome. Oh, absolutely. So uh, my last question before we get going here, if you have any advice to young girls playing the game right now and trying to get noticed, what what would that be? I'm going to give two answers because you kind of two questions. Yep. My biggest advice to young athletes is have fun. Softball is a game. It's a game. Games are supposed to be fun. If you ever feel like, you're going to work or you're unhappy and you're not enjoying the sport, then something's wrong. Something's not fitting together. Right. Because it, it's supposed to be fun. And I know I play the best when I'm having fun. And so that would be my biggest advice for them and for athletes that want to get seen, but putting the work, mm-hmm. putting the work on the field, but also putting the work off the field and don't shortchange because college coaches look for people that are sending out their own e- emails and not mom and dad aren't sending them and making sure your spelling is correct. Like do the little things right on and off the field. Right. That's fantastic advice. Well, I have to thank you for coming on. Uh, you know, it's um, like I said before on this podcast, what I'm trying to do is, is, you know, grow the game essentially and, you know, get it out there, whether it be on the men's side, the women's side, and, and, you know, have, have people on here that, that are big in the world of fast pitch and, and, uh, you're definitely one of them. Um, I, I would like to thank you for coming on and, you know, when, after you guys win the gold medal, I would like you to definitely come back on and share some stories. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure and I love to be included in growing the game because that's one of my biggest philosophies and one of my biggest reasons why, why I play softball. Awesome. Thanks, Holly. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. I've been waiting on some good news For the clouds to part and let the light shine through I want to wake up to a better tomorrow Cause I've had enough Where is the trust? Where is the truth? It's about time for some good news
To be breathing. I ain't trying to see what's on the newscast this evening. Nah, I don't need no reason. Music in the air, got the Grammys on the cable. Dinner on the plate, whole family at the table. This at home cook, hit your soul, take your shoes off. This at feel good, yelling loud from the rooftop. This at snow day, all the kids taking school off. This at Billy Jean, Michael Jackson, first moonwalk. And I've been waiting for some good news, good news. I'm just trying to get my foot loose, foot loose. And we've been dealing with the wrong things so long. The smallest things can make it right, that's why we hold on for some good news. I've been waiting on some good news. For the clouds to part and let the light shine through. I wanna wake up to a better tomorrow. Cause I've had enough. Where is the trust? Where is the truth? It's about time for some good news. Good that you remember when you were growing up? What's something in your life that made you feel good? I'm feeling like we never talk about what's going right. My daughter's smiling because of racism.